Welcome back to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. If you are a return listener and welcome if you are new here. My name is Sammy Beatrice and I am a mental health blogger, advocate, speaker, and I also run the Fashion Your Passion podcast, a motivational lifestyle podcast to help you fashion your passion and change your life. This week on the pod, I am super excited because we have Hannah Ashton on. I've been watching Hannah since I was 13 or 14. And the fact that like she's already graduated from college, has this amazing brand, I am just so stunned by and inspired by. She's one of those girls who I've just been like, okay, like the way she's sort of running her business in college and also chilling up to classes and everything is sort of how I want to mirror, if you will. And so I've just been following her religiously since then. And now that she's out of college, I'm sort of mirroring her in terms of like how I want my postgrad to look like. And we chat a lot about that. We chat a lot about productivity because running a business and attending college has not been an easy feat. But really like doing anything outside of attending college, any of your side passions or anything like that may not be the easiest thing. And so we talk about that. And this episode also goes really well with the episode I recorded previously about honing in on your passions and really sort of going through the motions of not making yourself too busy and prioritizing yourself and whatnot. So that is what this episode is all about. I hope you guys are well and enjoy the episode. You're listening to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. My name is Sammy Reyes, and as a college student and entrepreneur, I'm always looking for a little more passion in my life. On this podcast, my guests and I will teach you the tools to help you fashion your passion. Let's get to it. Welcome back, you guys, to the podcast. I am super excited for this week's episode because I have on the Hannah Ashton. Hannah is a YouTuber and the founder of the Dream Achieve Workbook, which you guys have probably seen on my Instagram before. Hannah, welcome to the show. Hi, Sammy. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Can you tell my listeners a little bit more about who you are and what brought you to this point? How did you get into YouTube and how did you create the Dream Achieve Workbook? Sure. So a lot of points to touch on there, but I'll get started by saying, Hi, I'm Hannah. I'm a 22-year-old living in Nashville, Tennessee. I just graduated from college. I went to Belmont University and I got into YouTube when I was very young, like 10 to 12 years old. I can't remember exactly when I need to go back and look, but around that age is when I discovered the world of YouTube first as a viewer, as we all do. And then I wanted to be a part of this community that I was seeing online of other girls like me making videos with their American girl dolls. So that's how I first got into it. Actually, I was making like stop motions and how to take care of American girl dolls. And I kind of grew that channel over a few years. And then once I got into high school, I wanted to get into the beauty guru scene that was so big in like 2013, 2014. And so I was making fashion, beauty, lifestyle videos. And then towards the end of high school is when I really found my niche in the world of 
yes, lifestyle of me going throughout high school and going into college, but also productivity, personal development, and eventually entrepreneurship, which leads me into what I decided to major in college, which was entrepreneurship, because I kind of also discovered the world of women in entrepreneurship, women in business online at the end of high school. I knew I wanted to have my own business one day along with doing content creation. And so my freshman year of college, along with doing that major, I also started my own business with the Dream Achieve Workbook, which is a goal-setting planner for young women. Specifically at the time, it was for students. Now we have other products as well. And then I launched that June of 2019, the summer after my freshman year, and have been running that business ever since. And now I'm happy to say that I can run that business and do content creation full-time as a recent college grad. I love that so much. And I love the origin story of your YouTube channel. That is like, I don't think I've ever heard that before. And that is just like, so good. Like, it's just so pure, you know, like, it just, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just, I think I found you through like a bunch of other like influencers, like, you know, like the beauty guru space, like you were saying in that time. And then when like you went to college and, and then you started doing all of like the workbook stuff, I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, this is the girl who like, I need to sort of follow and like see where she goes and what she does. Because when you went to college, I was still in high school. That's when I started sort of my entrepreneurship journey. And I was like, we are one, like we are homegirls, like this is going to be great. And so it's just an honor to have you on the pod today. Well, thank you for being such a longtime follower. You've been around. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I want to sort of touch on a little bit about balance sort of like while you were in college and then now what it's going to look like a little bit differently. Obviously, you haven't been post-grad for that long yet, but I'm sure you have plans on how you're going to, you know, how life is going to look for you. But being a full-time student and just in and of itself is a lot of work. But how have you been able, as your business has sort of been picking up, been able to balance school with work and then obviously the content creation and all that fun stuff like that? Yes, it's definitely a lot. And like you said, being a student in itself is a lot of work. And I know a lot of people do amazing things outside of school, whether that be a business, whether that be extracurriculars, clubs, sports, a job, whatever it may be. College students are busy. And so I think first off, we need to give ourselves more credit than we do because we're always saying, oh, we're so busy, we're so stressed, but we're managing a lot, which is awesome, but also can be very stressful. So what I found works best for me just on a very specific level is time blocking my days. So this was actually the original idea for the workbook. And if you have one, you know what it's like. It um, it has a place for your to-do list on the left page. And then on the right page, there's a space for you to time block, which is where you write down the hour or hours in your day and what you're going to do in that time. And this helps with two things. It helps with one, being able to see all that you can get done in a day. Because I think sometimes we overcommit ourselves. And that's something as college students we need to work on is we say yes to this person, yes to this club, yes to this volunteer project, yes to this Bible study, whatever it may be, we overcommit ourselves. And when you actually line out your day by the hour, by the two hours, you can see, oh, this is physically all that I can get done in a day. And so I shouldn't get to the end of my day expecting more than this and be upset with myself because there's just not enough time in the day. So being very realistic with your hours is awesome from time blocking. And also just, it helps me stay on task because when I have a whole day before me and I have like nothing on my schedule, I'm going to get on TikTok or I'm going to, you know, just hang around take extra long doing whatever, getting dressed, doing my makeup, making food. And so when 
I had those super busy days in college where I was going to two or three classes. I had to get a video done. I wanted to work out, was making all my meals, you know, days like those. I stuck to the time blocking as much as I could. And it helped me just know what was coming next, you know? So I just am constantly being aware of like, okay, I got things to do. Let's keep it moving. So that's why I love time blocking. And then another tip I would have is on the days that you aren't as busy is to take that time to rest. So the weekends, I don't time block. I don't make a to-do list. I usually, even though I would oftentimes have to do work at least one day of the weekend, whether that be homework or YouTube or business work, I would try to have at least one day like Saturday or Sunday where I don't touch my computer just because again, as college students, especially with online classes, I was on my screen so long and it was driving me crazy. So I had to put in a boundary of no screens past a certain time at night. I found I love to read fiction books. So after about 9 or 10 p.m., I don't want to be on a screen. And then also one day of the weekend, I would try to get outside or go over to a friend's house and just talk and obviously face-to-face and not be on a screen. So those were two things that kind of helped me feel like I was, yes, being productive on the days that I had to get things done, time block, but then also not get burnt out. Yeah. I love that. Cause I feel like for me, at least right now, I have this like month period where it's like, I have work and like I'm doing things, but it's also like I don't have as much to do as I used to. And it's like, I'm just like, I don't know what to do with my time anymore. I'm just like, I, yes, I should rest, but like in that resting time, I'm like I should be doing something in order to rest. But I'm like, no, like that doesn't necessarily have to be what happens. And so I'm a huge fan of time blocking too. And definitely, like you said, like in my peak busy days, it's a lot easier to time block and sort of follow through with all of that than it is necessarily like, you know, when you have more time and you can go at a leisure and whatnot. So I love that. I wanted to ask you a little bit about where your passion stemmed in terms of like getting into productivity and then creating the like the workbooks now and stuff like that. Because, you know, the premise of this podcast is like how to fashion your passion and how to sort of get to a place where you create something or you do something that brings you so much joy. So, you know, like you said, your YouTube sort of career started with like the whole American Girl Doll videos, but like, where was it? Did you have a moment like, or it was just a sort of culmination of a lot of moments that you were like, I need to create a planner for students and then now for, you know, anyone. It was very gradual, my love for productivity and self-development. I know my mom was always into that. And even as a little girl, I would go up to her. I wasn't even in school yet. And I'd be like, okay, what's on the agenda for today? Like, even if it was just to have a tea party and then to have a snack and then a nap, like I had to know what the schedule was going to be. That's just my personality. And so I knew going into high school and I kind of realized I liked that schedule and would make it for myself without even knowing. And then it was through social media, like I said, of finding this community of women in entrepreneurship. And so I started listening to podcasts about business. I started listening to YouTubers. I started reading books about productivity, self-improvement, health, wellness, all the things. I just became obsessed with personal development. And so when I started making content about that topic, I was really surprised that fellow girls in high school who were so young looking back were also on that same way of wanting to improve ourselves in a healthy, positive way. Like 
fostering that self-love, that self-compassion. And so it was also kind of the height of the girl boss era too, is when I feel like my videos took off. So definitely in that space. And then my freshman year of college, I was not able to find a planner that allowed me to do like YouTube and have this business and then also be a student. All the planners out there just saw us as just students. And as I mentioned at the beginning, we do so much more than just school. And that includes the personal development aspect, the goal setting aspect. And so I couldn't find something that me and my friends all love to use, but I saw girls in my classes still using a paper physical planner. Yes, we do some things digitally. Like I use Google Calendar all the time, but it reassured me that I wasn't the only one still using pen and paper. And I remember I was curling my hair one morning before class and I just had the idea of, okay, I want to create something, some kind a book for my audience. And that's what the business started at, out as was just one product that kind of helped girls my age, students who are also wanting to achieve more, get their lives together, plan it all out and dream it up and then achieve it. So I came up with the Dream Achieve Workbook, which is a six-month undated goal-setting planner. And it kind of guides you through, okay, if you want to start a side hustle, here's what you have to do. If you have this goal, here's what to do. And then it's also a six-month undated planner. So you can use it whenever, have your to-do list, have your time blocking. And there's pages every month for that personal development aspect too. Making your morning routines, your self-care routines, your workouts, your meal plans, all of that. And so I created this product, like I said, with my audience in mind, because I knew that's the content that they love to consume. And instead of doing something like a merch product or a sweatshirt or you know anything with beauty, because that just wasn't my channel anymore, I thought, okay, this is the perfect thing for my audience. And I just turned to love of running a product-based business. It's very difficult. It's very expensive. It's taken a lot of time over the past three years, but over the years, it's just been like my love and something I want to keep doing. And since then I launched the post-grad workbook, our blue version, and then also journals, daily journals to help you foster that self-love and also feel like you're working towards something. And then we've done a sticker set. We've done a digital version and more things to come. And I'm actually going through a little rebranding process right now. So the business will be completely separate from me as a personal brand and like have its own name and everything. So kind of going through a tidying up process there. But yeah, that is kind of where it stemmed from is just my own discovery of personal development and self-compassion and then building content around it and building an audience around it and then wanting to serve my audience in that way. Yeah. And I feel like when you start, when people like create things based off of like their own experience and passion, like it brings out the best product, you know, whether that's like a physical product or that's just like a product of like a video or whatever it is. I don't know. I feel like you can tell when people are like forced to create something and you can tell when people actually want to create it. And like, I feel like that's one of the reasons you've been so successful is because you wanted to create these books and then, you know, people see your passion behind it and they're like, oh my God, I have to hop on that. It's funny because in my business school, so I have a bachelor of business administration now. And in my entrepreneurship classes, they told us not to create businesses based off of our needs. And I was like, wait, I kind of disagree with that because I feel like in this digital space, when so many people have personal brands and know their niche so well, like I knew planners, I knew what worked for me, what didn't work for me. I'd been using them since like sixth or seventh grade. And so I was like, I don't know if I agree with that lesson that they're teaching. I understand where they're coming from. You have to do your customer discovery. You have to make sure there's an audience for it and that you're serving more than just one customer, you. But I feel like a lot of great businesses now stem first from that 
need that view of something that's missing in the marketplace. And then you go on from there. Yeah. Cause I feel like it, what happens is like, you have a problem in like your life. So like for you, it was like, you couldn't find a planner that like worked for you. But then you find out later on as you do your research, like other people have that same problem. So then it works out because like, oh yeah, it's like my need, but it's also like, you know, someone else's need. And then you have an audience, if you will. I'm trying to figure that out too, because like with the podcast, I started it because like I wanted to do it. But now I'm like, okay, what are my needs versus like people who tune into this podcast? Like, how do I gear it towards me having fun with the podcast, but also like people enjoy listening to it? Exactly. I think it's harder to do with content. I found it's harder for me to keep my audience in mind when I'm creating content, especially like a podcast where you're sharing your thoughts or a lifestyle vlog channel. You know, it's hard to kind of keep like, okay, what are they going to gain from this? What's the value here? It's easier to do that in business, especially with a physical product, but with content, it's hard. So I'm right there with you. How do you navigate that though? Do you sort of like split it up where it's like, I'm going to, some of my content I'm going to create like for my viewers and some of it I'm going to create for me? Or like, do you find common topics where it's like, you satisfy both needs? I tend to do a little bit of each. There's some videos that I do and Instagram posts that I do just for me and my friends. You know, if I just had a great weekend and want to share little moments, I know that that's not going to be of value to my audience, but I just want to share it on my Instagram and that's just fine. You know, it's not the end of the world. It's not that big of a deal. I'm just going to share what I want. And then there's other days where I'm being very strategic about my videos and my content and like, okay, this reel that I'm making, I'm giving this tip and I'm sharing this inspiration and that's what they're getting. Or this blog, you know, I'm going to, try to make this as inspiring as, and motivating as possible so that when they watch it, they want to tackle their to-do list too. Or, you know, maybe it's my Walt Disney World vlog where I just wanted to capture that graduation trip with my college roommate and put it up. And if it did well, great. If no one watched it, I didn't care because I just wanted to make it. And so I find that I do know what my audience is always looking for. And it is with my channel right now, at least that productivity side, motivation, inspiration. But also I have to make content that I want to make two because otherwise it can get boring or it can get dull. So you have to, I at least what works for me is doing a little bit of both and just not being upset with myself or YouTube or Instagram when the posts I create just for myself don't do as well. Yeah, I think that's a common struggle. It's like you want everything, you feel like you need to have everything do well. And then you're like, but not really though. Because if you, you pull back, it's like, Sometimes like content creation is like just for you. Like, you know, a lot of us started being content creators because we just wanted to like, you know, express ourselves and post things and stuff like that. And now it's like, once you get it to, once you sort of convert it to being a business side of things, it's like everything looks so different, but you have to sort of realize like, oh, like, you know, we're here and like the things that we're putting out, like we want to put out. So I appreciate your advice. I want to talk about like product-based businesses and sort of how you develop that. I know you have a bunch of videos on your channel talking about your journey, but if you could just sort of walk us through that a little bit and really talk about like what you personally were sort of feeling and how you went through all of it to develop the first book you put out in the world. So when I was a freshman and developing this book, freshman year was one of my hardest years. I think one, because 
you're just 18 years old, you're at the bottom of the totem pole at your college, you know, you're the youngest, you're figuring things out, you're away from home. And it's just all those emotions. And then I also, my second semester went through my first breakup. And then on top of that, I was trying to figure out how to create a product. So I look back and I'm like, Hannah, why were you so hard on yourself? It's okay. Everything that went down, I was like, you were going through a lot then um, and I'm better for it now. But The first step I knew that I needed to do was find a manufacturer because I was like, okay, I've never created a product business. I've done content and I've done service-based businesses in high school, but I never done a product. So I literally Googled Nashville-based manufacturers and set up a meeting in person with the manufacturer for the next week. And that was just minutes after I had the idea. So if that's not (laughs) motivation for that, you can literally take the first step right now, whatever idea you're having, I don't know what is. And I will say that that meeting, I had two or three meetings with this national manufacturer and it just wasn't going to work out the way I wanted. They were more of like just uh, marketing materials. They couldn't really put together a book the way I wanted. So that first person I reached out to didn't work out. And the second person didn't either. And then I found outsourcing it to an international marketplace through Alibaba.com was what's going to be best for me as an 18-year-old budget. And also they're able to like fully customize each page, the cover, give me everything that I was looking for. So it took a lot of research. It probably took about two months to find a manufacturer and then a month or so to actually maybe two months to design and then order a sample, approve the sample or send back for changes and all of that. I mean, the whole process from idea to launch took nine months, but just taking that first step and it was intimidating a little bit being a freshman, being 18 years old and walking into this company and meeting with men in their thirties or forties and then being like, okay, so like, what do you want to do? And I do think I had a lot more confidence as a freshman, just because I came out of a high school that like, I feel like really equipped me with being able to talk in a professional setting like that, which I'm really grateful for. But I was still, you know, a little bit nervous and excited at the same time to actually be taking my idea and turning it into something. But then I just Googled each step from there. So packaging, how to use Shopify, uh, which is my selling platform. I figured out what my outfits were going to be for the photo shoot. I booked the photographer. I was actually on a little study abroad trip the month of May in Costa Rica after my freshman year when I got the photo. So I was in the jungle and like this eco lodge trying to edit my website (laughs) with the new photos I just got. So it was just a crazy, crazy process, honestly. so funny looking back on it, but it's doable. You can be on a study abroad trip and start your business. You can be in college in a freshman dorm and start your business. I mean, I would wake up at 6 or 7 a.m. an hour or two before my first class at 8 and would spend that hour or two working on the design. So I would just wake up, get on my computer, work on the designs. And that would be the time of day that I set aside for this project. So I always tell people, I know it's crazy. I know your schedule is crazy. I know we all love our sleep and I 100% get your sleep, but also at some point in the process of you wanting to do this big thing that you're dreaming of, there is going to be sacrifices. Sometimes for me, that was sleep. Sometimes that was hanging out with friends on a weekend. Sometimes that was my mental health, just being honest, like going through all of this. It was a sacrifice in some areas. A lot of times it was my physical health. You know, I didn't eat the best that last semester. I wasn't at the gym as much. I was not feeling the best in my body. And it was a lot of things. But with sacrifice comes reward as well. And I'm so thankful to my little freshman self for pushing through and going after what I want because it's what I still do today. And I love it. I love that so much. And honestly, like, 
because I like forgot like you were, were a freshman when you like started planning all of this and then like I went back a few weeks ago and I was looking at all of it and I was like wait I was like she was literally a freshman when she started planning this I was like I am blown away like it was just so crazy for me to like re-realize that I was she was like she really hopped into college and said I'm gonna make a business and she just went for it like I was like okay like hop off yeah I was like I'm bored I need something else I don't want to go out and party every weekend like every other freshman so what am I gonna do okay I'm going to start a business great (laughs) no big deal oh my gosh no big deal it wasn't a big deal in my head it wasn't anything huge. I mean, I was just like, okay, I'm going to make a product for my audience. And if it does well, great. If it doesn't, I lost, you know, my savings that I had made in high school through doing YouTube. So (laughs) it was also all self-funded, which can be scary as well, because like I said, it was the money I made in high school doing YouTube and social media. But I don't know. I just, for me, I knew that the investment I knew this subconsciously. I don't think I actually ever said this aloud at that age, but looking back, I think is what I was thinking is that even if I lose this money, the lessons I'm going to learn through the process are going to be super valuable, especially as I'm going into this major that's all about entrepreneurship. I want to have some experience to work with in my classes. So for me, I was like, okay, we're just going to, you know, put a couple thousand down and see where this goes. And I'm thankful that I, you know, had done YouTube so early. So I had the money to be able to do that. But yeah, it was crazy. Wild ride. That's still happening today. It's still crazy. <laughs> what is your like one piece of advice you would give someone that like you didn't know going through this process that you're like everyone should know about building a product-based business? Ooh, I feel like there's so many different directions I could go, but I'm going to I'm going to go back to the customer discovery aspect because again, coming from an education and entrepreneurship, they honed that down to us like you have to have have to have a value proposition, which basically means besides just the physical item that they're receiving in value for exchange with their money, what other value is coming from your brand as a whole? So for my business, I really felt like the value proposition along with getting a planner was also the content I'd be creating around the planner. So how to use it, productivity tips, motivation, inspiration, and then also the community. So this is something I'm still working on building, but having a brand with a community of fellow young women who are wanting the same things, not the same goals, but we're all wanting something bigger. We're all working towards something while working on ourselves. And so to me, the value proposition is kind of that brand community, the inspiration along with the physical product. And so let's say you wanted to start a photography business. Yes, you're going to give clients amazing photos at the end of it. But what other value proposition can you have that's going to set you apart from your competitors? So maybe it's the way your clients feel after the session. You hype them up. They feel confident. Maybe it's the special technique that you know how to do on your camera. Maybe it's the price. You know, you can do a cost-based business and you just are the cheapest product, the cheapest price. And that is value in itself because your customers are saving money. So you just have to figure out what that value is going to be for your customers that's going to set you apart from competitors. And I know that's very strategic advice, but I hope that it helps someone out there to take the time at the beginning and figure all that out stuff out. Look up the business model canvas on Google and fill out each little box on that canvas before you invest any money into the business, if possible, and make sure that it's something that's viable. And you can never know for sure if it's going to work out, but I promise you'll feel better equipped and you'll be better able to talk about the business to someone else if you have all those things filled out and all of that known before going into it. 
Yeah, I think that's a great piece of advice because like you like your story show is like it's super easy to just like jump into like, you know, trying to create a product or something and you forget about everything else that sort of goes on with it. And so, yeah, just stopping for a second and taking that moment to figure out exactly how you want to actually develop it is really important. We are big mental health advocates in this podcast. And so I wanted to sort of touch a little bit on you know, what it was like for you personally to sort of, I guess, juggle all these things. I don't really like the word juggle, but we'll go with it. You have YouTube, you have like Instagram content, you have creating different workbooks and constantly developing that brand and business. And then you have school and, you know, whatever extracurriculars you do with that. And how did you want to do everything all the time, if you will, you know, and sort of like being like, okay, like today I have to do X, Y, and Z and like not getting as burnt out and like having that constant stamina to keep going and you know was there a time where like that wasn't a thing and like sort of talk us through that and sort of how you've been able to be you I think a big part of it is knowing yourself and knowing how much you can handle someone who's just starting on a journey of managing a bunch of different things, whether that be income streams, whether that be tasks, whatever it may be, you're going to get better at it. I promise you're going to get better as time goes on and practice does make perfect. So if you're freaking out right now, you're like, I cannot do this. I promise it gets better. And then you can feel like you can add more or take time off, whatever you need to do. But I also say that it's hard to do everything all at once, but you can do it all, just not all at once. And so I would kind of break up my year by season. So I would have like the first semester, the second semester, and then the summer. And I'd pick like three priorities for each of those three sections of my year. So in the summer, since I wasn't doing school, or I would just do one or two maybe online classes. That was my business and content creation time. So that's when I was going, you know, waking up, working on the business, working on my content. Those were my priorities. And also my family because I was living at home with them and enjoying the summer because summer is my favorite. And I'm from East Tennessee and it's beautiful and I'm always outside. So I would prioritize family, content, and business. And then when the fall started, I knew that was a big time for content creation for me. So because of my back to school season. So I would prioritize school content and business because it's the holiday season. And then spring semester, you know, product-based businesses don't do as well in the spring as they do in the fall because the holidays are in the fall. So uh, the spring, I would prioritize content, school, and friends or something like that. And so I would make sure to fill up my weekends, you know, try to get through the winter blues by hanging out with my friends a lot and celebrating that. So kind of thinking of your year, however you need to, whether it be by months, by quarters, by sections, um, and thinking, what do I want to prioritize during this time? And so I think it's still going to kind of be like that for me going out of college, but I think they can take some stuff off my plate. I'm not going to be living at home and I'm not going to be doing school, obviously. So it's like a little bit of a different dance, but it's really figuring out what can I handle and then what do I want to prioritize? And let's say you start this business and you're excited for it. And then six months in, you're like, you know what? This isn't what I thought. This isn't a priority for me anymore. I would much rather focus on my health 
I would much rather enjoy my time in college and spend it with friends all the time. You know, you just have to figure out what your priority is. And it's okay if your priorities change. It's okay to change your mind. Don't feel like you're a quitter. Just realize, okay, this isn't a priority anymore for me. I did that with a podcast. I had a podcast in high school and beginning of college. And towards the end of 2019, I just said, you know what? This isn't going to be a priority for me anymore. I would rather spend the time I'm working on this in my business or with friends. So I'm going to cut this to do out of my life and um, quit my podcast in 2019. So it can be large scale, small scale, but Line up those priorities with your schedule and see how you feel, you know, because if, if it's still too much, start taking away. If you feel like you can do more, add in something else. But yeah, what, what was the second part to your question or what was the other part? No, just sort of like how you've navigated just everything and sort of like keeping up your stamina to sort of get through the day. But I think that answered it well. I agree with everything you said. I think I last year I ran like a social media agency and then like the beginning of this year, I was like, you know what? I'm not really feeling it anymore. Like I have other things, you know, I want to do and like I want to grow other things. I was like, you know what? That can stay put for now. If I want to come back to it, I can. It's still there, you know? And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think when you're in school, like you sort of at some point you feel like you're like invincible and you can do everything. And then you sort of like, wait a second, like that's not really the case. You sort of take a step back and sort of realize and let things go. And then it, as you go on, like you said, practice makes perfect. You sort of realize like what your capacity is and sort of, you know, how you can navigate that. I've seen this with a lot of my friends who are very involved in their schools. This is something that wasn't a priority for me. So I was never involved really in school. I did I did a lot in the entrepreneurship major and I did pitch competitions and accelerators and maybe one or two clubs here and there. But that wasn't a priority for me going into college. People are like, why didn't you join a sorority? Why didn't you do this league or this club? And it just wasn't a priority. I wanted to focus on my other things. And so that's just an example of maybe... A college experience I missed out on a little bit, but in the end, I aligned with my priorities and to commit myself to the things that weren't going to make me feel fulfilled or really, you know, and it doesn't, it's not even just about fulfilling you. Like if you volunteer and that fulfills you, it also is fulfilling others. So it's not always just have to be a selfish thing, but you really have to think, you know, your time is valuable and what is going to help you get to your next dream and your next dream life. And when I was saying that a lot of my friends I've seen, it's easy to overcommit, especially to people of authority. So like professors who would ask extra things, TAs, they were TAing, they were part of these clubs, their sorority, and they just keep getting asked. And you just have to learn to say no eventually too, because they're, like I said at the beginning, when you time block, there's only so much time in a day. And one of my friends filled out the workbook and she was like, Hannah, I realized I was only giving myself two hours a day to do everything that I needed to do not even homework wise, but just for me, like to eat, to get ready, to maybe work out, to make my meal. She was like, I only was giving myself two hours. And she's like, that's like what I need just to make breakfast, lunch and take a shower. So she was like, I had to say no to this person, this person. Now I have more time. And that in saying no to other things is also going to help your mental health. Because when you have more time for things to take care of yourself, like eating proper meals and you know grocery shopping and running errands. So you're saving money because you're returning things and you know all this stuff. It seems small and it seems insignificant maybe to these other commitments, but it is important just to have that time to live your life. And something else that I do is make sure I have my routines. So my morning and my night routine 
especially during the school years, saved me. I looked forward to them every morning and every night. I think when people maybe, I hope this isn't true, but maybe when people come across my content, they see all that I do and think I work 24 seven and I'm hustle, hustle, hustle. And, you know, I'm able to do school on this. She must be never sleeping. But at this point, as a senior, I was able to sleep eight or nine hours a night. I was able to have my one hour to an hour and a half morning routine. I was able to have a few hours in the, at night to watch TV and read. I am not working 24-7. I don't think that's sustainable long-term. It may be needed for a season, a little season of hustle, a semester of hustle, whatever it may be, so that you can get that momentum going. But in the long-term, it's not sustainable. So by senior year, I kind of figured out, okay, I'm going to get the same amount of work done if I take care of myself versus not taking care of myself and not being at my best, most high-performing self and just working throughout the whole day. I definitely agree with that one. I'm trying to... I run in the same problem. I was like, I have literally two and a half hours in my week to like per day to like eat, sleep and not even sleep, but eat, you know, sort of like take care of yourself and run errands. And I was like, that's not going to work out very well for me. Yeah. But how I, you know, definitely scale back and sort of realize where I can put my time better and like, you know, take away hours from whatever it was. But, you know, I mean, I'm still going through that now. It's like, cause every semester looks different and you have to sort of divvy up your time in a different way every semester. So it's interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Cause people would always ask what my schedule is daily. And I'm like, it depends on the semester. Cause I'm like every semester, my dang classes change and I have to rework it all. So at the beginning of every semester, you'll see this in my semester prep videos I've done the past few years is I make a list and I say, okay, this is my ideal schedule every day with this new class schedule and just take some reworking to figure out what is going to work best for you. Yeah, absolutely. I want to roll into the final question. This is a question that I've asked every single guest who's ever been on the podcast. And that is based off of the title of this podcast, which is Fashion Your Passion. What is one tip that you would give to those who are dreaming based off of how you have fashioned your passion? I would say just take the next step in front of you and stay curious. When I started my YouTube channel at age 10, I just was curious about the world of YouTube and AGTube as it was called. And so I just took the next step. I was like, okay, I'm going to ask my parents if it's okay for me to upload. The next step, okay, I'm going to ask for a little pink computer for my birthday and use the camcorder to upload. Okay, next step, I'm going to learn how to edit. Next step, I'm going to make my channel art and just kept taking that next step. And same thing with the workbook. I just was curious, like, what would it look like for me to create a product? Okay, what's the next step? What's the next step? The next one. And so I think with everything I've done, it's just sparked from curiosity of just wanting to try something new and see how it turns out and taking that first or that next step. And the first step, you probably have heard this before. The first step is always the hardest. And I know it's intimidating. I know there's a lot of fear. There's imposter syndrome. There's money that's involved. Like I know there's a lot of things that can stop people from pursuing that next dream and that big dream. But I promise once you get past that first step, it'll give you some momentum and be like, I did this one thing. And you can always look back and say, I was there and I took a step forward and I didn't die. So we're going to test myself again and just try it again and trust in yourself as well. I love that so much. It has been so lovely chatting with you today. Tell everyone where they can find you sort of and where they can purchase your workbooks. 
Yeah. So Hannah Ashton on YouTube, Ashton is spelled A-S-H-T-O-N. I'm Miss Hannah Ashton, M-I-S-S on Instagram and TikTok. And I don't know when this is going up and there is that rebrand going on. So I won't say my website yet, but you can just find it through my Instagram and YouTube and all of that. Yes, yes, yes. And then like if it launches before I post this episode, then I'll like link everything and, you know, in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the pod today. It is, like I said before, it's just been such a pleasure to talk to you. And for those of you listening, I will talk to you guys next week. 